piggy. Lights, camera, action. You're we're, on. We're going to talk about some stuff, and you're not going to be on the TV, okay? <laughs> These dogs are great. I love you. Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Hi there, welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today we have Jeff Bomberger with us. He is an author, a very amazing intuitive, and somebody that is just wanting to spread light, helping people awaken their soul force. So we're going to be talking about his book and a little bit about his journey and so many other things, and you guys know how these podcasts go. We start and we just kind of see because we let the conversation carry us. So Jeff... Welcome. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, thanks for being here. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of start out uh, letting people know a little bit about yourself and, you know, maybe we can hear a little bit about what your book is about and what inspired you to write it, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, my journey with um, metaphysics and spirituality started pretty young, actually. My dad walked, uh, walked me into a store, not unlike this one, when I was about 12, curious to get tarot readings. And uh, him and I sat down, kind of had our minds blown by what the, what the woman was able to share with us. And that was like the beginning of my journey, really. I found meditation like not long after that. Um, by 14, 15, I was, had a daily meditation practice. Wow, uh, bless your father. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know? Yeah. Taking you to get a tarot reading at 12? Yeah. And Amazing. You know what's cool about it, too? I love to point this out because it, I think it trumps a lot of, uh, or I should say it trounces a lot of um, uh, stigmas. Mm -hmm. My dad is like, he's a, he's a gas man. He's a football player. I was a football player. So we're talking like masculine stuff. Yeah. And it was my dad. It was my dad who took me into a psychic shop. Yeah, so not like the, the yoga loving vegan mother. It was <laughs> right. it was the football playing gas man, you <laughs> yes. know, like manly man father. I love that. But I mean it shows yeah. that like I mean I think that a lot of people um, have a stereotype about mm -hmm. who fits into different molds and different things and spirituality and um, you know, energy and our source and our light force knows no conditions or boundaries or stereotypes. It's it's a vibrational energy and it's there for all, no matter what, you know, social decree, race, um, belief system, extracurricular hobbies or passions. It, it doesn't matter, you know, and even regardless of religion, you know, like mm -hmm. it's spirit is spirit. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so by 14 you were meditating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, again, because my journey started then, my, my dad and my mom were interested in this stuff, so we had uh, the, the psychic medium, John Edward, had a tape out at the time, a cassette tape, uh -huh. um, Unleashing Your Psychic Potential, and that's where I found meditation, energy protection, how to connect with your guides, stuff like that. And that became what is, what is now you know, a lifelong quest for me. And it was, uh, it was a quiet practice. I always like to say it was a quiet practice at first. Like I was bringing through messages. Um, very clear. I was a very clear audience okay. when I was younger. Um, Are you still now? Still, yeah, still yeah, am. Okay. Yeah, I still am. I was, super strong still. <laughs> you were like, I was <laughs> once upon a time. And yeah. then somehow I... <laughs> no, which does happen to people, by the way. You know, sometimes people are very much an open book or a channel mm -hmm. and they have an instance where they feel that they need to cut themselves off from that for whatever reason that happens. Right. And then they have to find that again, mm -hmm. you know. 
Yeah, and that's a good, and that's a good point. You know, actually, that I I want to use that as a little bit as like that's a bit of what I get into a little bit in the book. I talk a lot about the chakra system. Okay. Um, uh, because I found when I discovered the chakra system and how it was connected to energy and intuition and how the different intuitive senses are really just extensions of uh, the way our, our chakras metabolize energy, so to speak. Yeah. Um, when I found that and I, and I began a daily uh, chakra practice is when uh, all of the kind of psychic potential, intuitive potential in me started to really open up. Mm. Um, and that was, it was funny, you know, as I've had guides along the way, you know, because this journey started for me so young, it was, a, it was an Akashic Records reading for these two women and they, I, I said they sat down, they did the, the prayer and they're like, whoa, you have tons of untapped intuitive potential. And I was like, really? And you know, I've always considered myself intuitive, Yeah. but it was that little nudge, you know, that was about eight years ago that I really like opened up. Yeah, you took a dive. You didn't just stick your foot in anymore. You were like, "All right, I came right. to swim." <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Because like I was mentioning, it was it was a very it was a very private practice before. I figured I'm not sure if this is what it is, but I get guidance. I get wisdom. It helps me in my life. It brings mm-hmm. me peace. It brings me clarity. Um, when I listen, things work out well. When I don't listen, I tend to get the same advice over and over, you know? <laughs> yeah, get the same pattern over and over right. again. Isn't that right? Yes. You know, like we, we get an inkling and we get an intuition. We don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. And then we find ourselves days, weeks, months later saying, <laughs> why didn't I listen to that? Yeah. You know, I knew better. Mm-hmm. I felt it. Mm-hmm. I even have that sometimes when I get like this vision, like, Ah, I need to grab my keys or don't forget my credit card and then like I'll, I'll like lose it you know mm-hmm. and it's just like it, but it was like the slow motion image that was so vivid and then I'm like man I knew I was paying extra attention to it for a reason right? mm-hmm. absolutely and that happens all I mean that happens to me all the time too yeah. and it was the more I paid attention to it right yeah the more like you know I'm gonna start listening yeah, you know, and uh, and over time, and that's and that's essentially what leads me to where I am at now. Like now, I'm teaching workshops on using meditation as a gateway to opening up our intuitive abilities and just being more sensitive, mm. and um, and that comes with a lot of discipline, a lot of practice, and then the big thing is just like trusting, mm-hmm. is learning how to trust. I think that's the biggest thing that's come out of this for me, especially as it's morphed and shifted from just like a private practice to doing something that I was called to, you know, work with others and introduce or help facilitate, you know, open open up doors and windows for people. Um, along that whole entire process, it, the biggest message has really just been to trust, to mm. learning how to trust those subtle cues, those things that emerge. Yeah. Like you said, a slow motion vision. Yeah. You know, whatever it is that comes through for you. Uh, learning how to trust that stuff and then walk it is when I think we can start to see, like, real transformation. I like it. Yeah. And so then when did you write your book? Yeah, so I wrote the book uh, at the beginning of 2019. Okay. You know, the story of the reason it came out, I, I think... Yeah, because I, I always like to hear that because, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work to sit there and be like, all right, I'm committed to writing this book. And there's mm-hmm. normally, the you know, there's, there's a purpose or a message or a reason behind it, right? Mm-hmm. That you feel like you want to dedicate all those hours and mm-hmm. time and energy to teaching and mm-hmm. essentially so mm. what was that for you yeah I uh, before I wrote the book I had been working uh, I was working on several 
political campaigns as like a digital content producer. Okay. I did like documentary style filmmaking and content production, some commercial stuff too for these political campaigns. And I was also working with the homelessness services nonprofit, who's actually located not far up the street here, Path okay. People Assisting the Homeless. Yeah. Um, I've been working with them for two and a half years, and I just I came to the end of the election cycle in 2018, mm-hmm. and I just was looking at these issues that were being tackled socially. I was looking at the work that Path does; it's so important, you know, alleviating human suffering on the streets. And I and I just was kind of struck by all this is really important, but if we don't get to the root of it, if we don't kind of get in there and get into the spiritual core of yeah. why there is so much suffering in the world, um, then these these are going to be this is going to be a long process like of trying to transform from like the top down or from the outside in so um i had had, there was a lot of months of my guidance was telling me to get quiet to sit Mm. in in tarot i kept pulling the hermit card and i just wasn't hermiting enough you know i was like (laughs) isn't that that funny like when we get the same card over and over again and you're like you resist it so much. You're like, no, yeah. I don't want to rest. No, yeah. I don't want to hermit. No, I don't want to turn inside. I want to go outside. Or Totally. There was always something better to do. Yeah. Or at least there was like, oh, but this project's got to get finished. Or, well, the election's almost up. After the election, I'll I'll sit down and I'll get quiet, you know? And I was meditating. It's Again, it's it's a, it's been a discipline for, for years for me, going back to when I was a teenager. But apparently it wasn't enough. Apparently I needed to slow down and reflect a little more. Mm. And I kind of had a pretty a pretty gnarly shakeup um, at the end of the year. It had been a stressful couple of years. I had had, a, there was a bit of a fracturing in a relationship that I was in. And uh, I kind of had, for the first time in my life, like a real serious nervous breakdown. Mm. And that, and uh, like a pan- full-on panic attack and everything. For someone who's very like in tune and with his body and connected to that, it was weird to have an experience like that, to feel like an uncontrollable kind of breakdown. And... Um, that's when I was like, okay, all right, I'm gonna like, I'll stop. And then yeah. literally within days, I started writing and channeling and like the first draft came out in like five weeks. Wow. And uh, stars aligned, I reached out to someone who I knew had just published and I said, hey, I know you did something, like this thing just like poured out of me, what can I do with it? And she gave me some guidance and I connected with a friend who was an editor who was in this space, she does intuitive healing and stuff, she was my editor. And she was a huge help because she helped bring a lot of the personal, there's a lot of personal stories in there. There's a lot of personal experience to mm-hmm. help kind of contrast the, the practices and the explorations that we can do, things that might open us up. But it was, it's very much me just opening up my heart and soul, putting it on yeah. a platter and be like, hey, here you go. This is what was going on. This is how it helped. Maybe it's helpful to you. Maybe not, yeah. but the goal is hopefully it's helpful. <laughs> yeah, so, so it was just kind of like this book that was inspire inspir, inspirationally like channeled through you and as as a result what do you think that the main message or the core of it you know I, I, I get that you know it's these are things that was helpful for me that hopefully it's helpful for you but I mean what do you what do you hope to get um, from what do you hope readers get from your book I hope the number one thing is just an increased awareness okay but the, the the other main thing I would say is is being inspired to really seek your own truth and your own connection to uh, the soul force, to the life force, to God, the universe, however you frame it. Yeah. Um, that's those are the most important things. You know, if you don't connect with my background and my stories and my experiences, if nothing else, I hope that it inspires people to really start to walk that path that we all really truly have to walk down, you know, um, to really awaken. And, and when I say increasing awareness, 
to me, that's the number one thing because if we're mm-hmm. if we're just a little bit more reflective, yeah. Socrates says the unexamined life is not worth living. Yeah, you know, if we can get people engaged in that, no matter where you're at on your journey, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, so, otherwise you're just going through the motions, and mm-hmm. it's like I was talking to somebody the other day about that. It's like you know, so many people they just seem like they're existing, mm-hmm. not living. They're just going through motions, but they're mm-hmm. not, they don't have a thirst or curiosity to learn or grow or understand their self better mm-hmm. or to learn and expand and experience the world more. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you don't have one of those, mm-hmm. hopefully you have both of those, but if you don't have one of those, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. and, and it's like, you know, um, but I like that, the quote that you just said. And so, if you may, if I can ask, mm-hmm. could you share a couple of your stories and, and the different things that are in the book that are these, your your ways, your discovery, your findings, you know? Mm-hmm. Like something that's in there when you said your soul's kind of on a platter. In that yeah, book. definitely. You know, the thing that jumps out to me is um, it gets brought up a few times in the book because it was such a unique experience for me. I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate. I grew up in a really... Uh, incredibly loving household. Mm-hmm. My dad was taking me to get psychic readings at twelve. You know, <laughs> yeah. And my mom and was meditating at fourteen. <laughs> yeah, like it was really that was that's really nice. You know, yeah. that's an amazing thing. Um, so some of my lumps in life came a little bit later as I kind of entered the adult world. You know, mm-hmm. as uh, as a pretty open as a pretty open person. You know, and and trusting and lo- loving and caring. And I expected that the world was just going to kind of reflect that back at me when I went out into the world and. Um, you know, having started my spiritual practice so early, um, I was uh, I was in a relationship for uh, about four four and a half years. It did uh, it did result in a marriage and then a subsequent dissolution of that marriage. Um, but it was it was an interesting time for me because it was a time when I turned off a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't journaling as much. I wasn't channeling as much. I wasn't meditating as much. Um, I had lost. I felt like I had lost my path because I was kind of like caught up in this spiral whirlwind of a, of a relationship that was, frankly, it was it was really emotionally and uh, it was it was emotionally abusive and verbally abusive, and um, for a sensitive person as well. Yeah, that was it was it was tough to it was tough to see my way out of that. Yeah, um, it was eventually returning to those things and acknowledging that inner knowing like this just doesn't feel right mm-hmm. uh, this behavior isn't okay uh this kind of stuff is not all right i had to really acknowledge that and that was hard realizing that it would cause such an upheaval yeah you know um and after that it was like a catapult you know once i made the choice to um to leave that relationship and to try and heal and to try to reflect on how did this happen? Like, yeah. how did I go from over here to like all the way over there? Well, sometimes one step backwards is three steps forward, you know, like, yeah. and, yeah. or when you deviate the path, you're actually getting closer to the path because you actually realize how important it is to be yeah. on the path. <laughs> Right? That's true. <laughs> yes. It's like you're driving your car yes. and you go off-roading and you don't have a Jeep. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, this is not fun to drive on. And you realize how amazing and smooth that beautiful road is and how much better it is for your car. Mm-hmm. Right? You know? That's a great analogy. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. But otherwise, you're like, oh, it's just, that's 
grass and gravel and sand over there. It can't be too bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure it can. <laughs> yeah. Ah, so then you, you kind of uh, were more on fire then at that point, more mm -hmm. committed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what do you think that the biggest uh, lesson for you on the deviation was? And like going through that whole experience, because I, I think a lot of people that are listening, you know, we we go through things, and at least from my perspective, it's always judge not thyself, right? You know, because mm -hmm. everything you're learning from, everything you're growing from, you know, right. yes, you could have had it easier. Yes, things could have been you could have been further along. Yes, you could have done things differently, but mm -hmm. you went through that for some form of purpose and it gave you something and for that reason mm -hmm. you're forever changed grown and evolved you know so what do yeah. you think that was for you kind of the lesson yeah the big lesson uh, you know there's two things there's two things that kind of immediately jump out and the first thing is one really trust your instincts mm -hmm. You know, there was plenty of moments when it was like, I don't, know, right. I don't know about this. You know, I'm not sure this is going the right direction. Um, that was the, that was one of that was one of the big things. Trust yourself. But you know, the other big thing for me, <clears throat> and this is always a work in progress. At least it, is, it has been for me. Um, I learned that I needed to be more vocal, kind of more immediately about when things kind of started to go awry, mm -hmm. especially in personal relationships. It was something that I had kind of no problem addressing like in my work life or in friendships and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, in a romantic relationship, I had a really, really hard time saying, hey, that, that wasn't cool. Yeah. That really hurt. Or this is what's going on for me. Like I didn't talk about those things. You know, and I recognized coming out of it there was, um, you know, fundamentally we were two very different people that I don't think were a great match. Yeah. You know, but I think that... Um, I could have probably helped us both by being a lot more communicative about what I was truly feeling. I mentioned in the book that um, I had to look back on that and recognize that I was fundamentally just being dishonest in the relationship. Mm. And I don't mean it in a deceptive way, like the intention was to deceive, but I was not being truthful about my feelings about things. And that um, that allowed a lot of things to mount. Yeah. And I think it led to a, to a lot more pain probably for both parties than was necessary. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was my what I saw as my role in that dynamic. Gotcha. How I had to come out of that and be stronger. It was like, I need to communicate better. I need to communicate more clearly. I need to be willing to acknowledge when something's not working for me or if I'm in pain, which is a hard thing for guys to do. Say, I'm hurting right now. I'm vulnerable. Yeah. My feelings are hurt, you know? Yeah. That was messed up. And um, I think it's a hard thing for a lot of people, but it's especially a hard thing for guys, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so you found that, and you found mm -hmm. that, that power and that truth as a result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then you're helping people get that in their self, too, through it. So when you talk about, like, awakening the force, what do you really mean by the force? Mm. What is the force to you? Mm. So actually, I, I borrowed the term soul force from, uh, from Gandhi. Okay. So in Gandhi's nonviolence, uh, you know, some of the language that gets used, the Sanskrit terms... Mm -hmm. Eventually, were translated into soul force. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. used it uh, in his Christmas sermon on peace, uh, uh, meeting physical force with soul force, and really, soul force is, is uh, love and action. Okay. So, 
being both a student of spirituality and of nonviolence, being a very politically engaged person, mm -hmm. I'd always thought we had really approached this, um, we really approached the concept of nonviolence and the power of nonviolence as our culture from an uh, intellectual perspective and from the perspective of how was Gandhi uh, and King, how were Gandhi and King effective in their ability to move people mm. socially, right? But I thought at the center of that, in the core of that, the part that was being overlooked yeah. is the deep, deep, deep spirituality and the deep faith, truthfully, and love that needs to be present for those social movements to have any kind of power or potency. Gotcha. So it was me going to the root, saying, oh, I understand where Gandhi and King, I intellectually get where they were coming from. Like when I hear their approaches and their strategies about how, to, how they achieve social transformation, mm -hmm. I got it. But, but my thought was, you know, looking as an observer saying, but do we understand like what's really at the depth? Like what are the depths of spirituality and love and faith that are required to transform society from the inside out? Yeah. You know, those were those were people who had a tremendous amount of influence and and power. Yeah. You know, and um, so I borrowed that language because I think what we're looking at is a massive social, societal, world global transformation, right? Huge one. A massive one. It's the the massive the shift is here and it's already going. You know, and so when I was coming up with kind of the language I wanted to use to kind of package this stuff. I wanted to call it Awakening Soul Force because to me this is a long journey for myself and for all of us from getting to the core, getting to the root, to mm -hmm. getting to the seeds and the foundation of truth and love and faith that are required for the social transformation we need. So this is kind of like the first step. I like it. Yeah. So kind of tapping people into that, that their truth and then that power and it's that power from the soul that mm -hmm. really pushes the force of change in the world and mm -hmm. change in their own life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ah, it's love and action. Love and action. Love and action. And that's why kind of at the center of it is like meditation, you know, for me, because meditation is where I have found connection to what I refer to as loving awareness. Yeah. You know, and in sitting with that, uh, the way I would, uh, if you and I spend a lot of time together, mm -hmm. there's a good chance that you're going to pick up some characteristics or some traits or some influence from me. And there's some things that you do that I might be like, oh, Christine's got some uh, cool thoughts or ideas, or I might pick up some th you know, quirks or whatever. That happens when we hang out with groups of people and friends, you know? And I've come to see this the same way. as like if I give myself time to build a relationship with loving awareness in meditation and in stillness, well, of course I'm going to adopt some yeah. of those qualities, those qualities of non-judgment, those qualities of of forgiveness or being merciful, you know, the yeah. stuff that's at the core of, I think, what we really need to, we need to shift. Um, and, that, and that's why meditation plays such a huge role. It has played such a huge role for me, and it's why it's kind of like at the core of the book. And So a lot of different meditation exercises in the book? Yeah, a lot of different, uh, a lot of different types of meditation. Um, I really found... You know, I started with John Edwards' tape, which was a lot of visualization stuff, mm -hmm. which was really great because I have a really squirrely mind. Okay. <laughs> I have a super hyperactive brain, and I'm a very visual person, so that worked for me, you know. But when I found, like, Buddhism in college, um, and I like the work of Thich Nhat Hanh and, like, mindfulness, mm -hmm. that had, you know, that play, has played a huge role in my development. So there's mindfulness in here. There's uh, rhythmic breathing, just being conscious of our breath. Mm -hmm. um, some visualizations, I'm sure. There's visualization that. ones, yeah. And then even, uh, even, even I encourage people uh, to express themselves through art, whatever they want to, because I have found, I found art to be a meditation, you know? I found filmmaking mm -hmm. for me. 
um, was a real gateway into becoming more intuitive and kind of more tapped in, being more observant, you know, mm-hmm. um, losing myself kind of in the moment. You know, those are those are meditations. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes we forget we get caught up in like, oh, I got to sit cross legged, you know, in a room. Yeah. Um, but anything that like you lose that sense of. Hey, anytime you go into that zone and mm-hmm. you're just perfectly. Yeah. Instead of. And so the walking meditation, yeah. you know, and there could be cooking can be a meditation, totally. you know, and like going through anything like that. But mm-hmm. it is super powerful. And I, mm-hmm. I think that more people need to find that and realize that there is not. I, I like that you say that there's a whole bunch of different ways to meditate, because I do think that people limit their self and don't do it because they think that there's a one way for it. It's like kind of right. when people have a misconception on working out mm-hmm. and they think like, oh, no, then that means that I have to spend two hours at the gym doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you can play tennis and that can be a workout. You can go for a hike and that can be a workout. You can ride your bike and that can be a workout. Either You don't need to go to a certain structure and do certain weight reps in order for it to be a workout right you know and so it's the same thing for meditation and it's you know kind of just starting to come more broad you know because a lot of people have also that misconception of oh i had to sit silent for like an hour like or like (laughs) come on i can't even sit silent for two seconds yeah and it's like no actually that that's like you know just such a small sliver Mm -hmm. of Different types of meditation, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Absolutely. And I, re- and I really like that you're pointing that out because I think our tendency to try and provide structure to everything or to put things in a box, it, it works against what we are, you know? Mm-hmm. I believe that we're, we, are, we are vessels in a channel for the unlimited, yeah. you know, source. Absolutely. So <clears throat> it's just going to, it's up to us to discover which way it wants to kind of come on. <laughs> through us you know how does it want to express itself through us but I, I love that you're pointing out you know let's you don't have to we don't have to put it in boxes it doesn't have to be structured it doesn't have to be overly defined no not at all yeah I like that all right and what kind of uh, you teach classes and things mm-hmm. right and you teach meditation mm-hmm. um, where can people find you mm-hmm. so you can find uh, you can find stuff on the soulforce.com so you'll be able to find all kinds of information and uh, do you sell copies of your book on there too mm-hmm. yeah okay, you can grab copies on there uh, Amazon Barnes and Noble carry uh, the book as well there's an audio book version um, you can find me on Instagram at the Bomberger and then right. I'm going to be I'm going to be here yes at Liberate uh, doing uh, the meditation intuition uh, workshop that I call connecting to the truth within and uh, it's a, an introduction to the intuitive senses like what they are how do we tap into them? And I take people through kind of like these little exercises so that they can see, oh shoot, I've been doing this. You know, this is how this stuff comes in. Yeah. And then we do a guided meditation, uh, seeking guidance from our higher self. So give people an opportunity to seek information or guidance or healing from their higher self. And after having kind of primed everybody with, here's the intro to the senses, see what comes through. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you. I can't wait for your class. And you know, if anybody has any other questions, uh, we'll put all of your handles down below here. So if people can just click on the website, click on the handles and stuff like that. But if you had to leave anybody with, or leave everybody with one thing, what would it be? Hmm. That's a great question. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pull from, uh, one of my greatest mentors and my, one of my best friends and a, and a guy who helped me spiritually, has helped me personally, has helped me creatively. Um, his thing was always um, 
you got to live your own life. Mm. You know, and that's, I guess, at the core of the book, which is seeking your truth, you know, finding your truth, finding your connection to loving awareness. You, you want to seek that connection to loving awareness and live it, breathe it, and express it in the way that feels exactly like what you're meant to do. So mm-hmm. seek it, find it, live it, and we'll all be better for it. Ah, yes. We all have our own truth. Mm-hmm. If only we can find it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully they find it by coming to one of your classes and reading your book. <laughs> that would be okay, too, yeah. If not me, someone else, you know? Oh, well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure getting to know you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is wonderful. Thank you. Till next time, guys. If you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram at Liberate Hollywood, all one word, or Liberate Emporium, all one word. Until next time, liberate yourself. Hi, Christina here, founder of Liberate. I wanted to let you know that all of our amazing practitioners, healers, and intuitives are available for remote sessions. And we are continuously adding new classes, workshops, and meditations to serve you every week. Thank you for joining us, and I hope that we can help you liberate yourself.